Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. If you have a Bible, open up to Psalm chapter 103. Psalm 103 is where we're going to be kicking off. As Pastor Doug mentioned, we're starting a new series this weekend on Psalms. It's going to go the next couple weeks. And if you've been in church for any amount of time, uh, you know that we're probably not going to make it through all the Psalms because uh, we'd be here for a little over three years. Uh, but we're going to do our best to, to hit, a, hit a handful of them this summer and it's going to be fun. But Psalm chapter 103, uh, beginning in verse 1. We're going to read five verses together, all right. Psalm 103, beginning in verse 1, it says this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all, everybody say all, all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the Eagles. I want to talk for the next few minutes. The title of our message today is Don't Forget to Remember. Don't Forget to Remember. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for your presence. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that when you show up, you speak. When you show up, you comfort. When you show up, you guide, you instruct us, you challenge us, and you encourage us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak to each and every one of us today. God, that we would leave a little bit more like you, a little bit more in love with you, a little bit more aware of your presence in our every single day life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Psalm 103, don't forget to remember. Psalm 103, David uh, is actually, is, is writing, is speaking here, and, and many scholars are, are convinced that this is in fact David who, who wrote this, and, and they go as far as to say that they, they're all kind of convinced, many are convinced that this was actually written towards the latter half of David's life. Now that's important uh, because David has a history with God. Da- David's got a history, and uh, we're going to get into that a little bit here in just a minute, but but it was written by David towards the latter half of his, of his life. And Psalm 103 is a unique psalm, okay? Psalm 103 is a unique psalm because there, there is no historical context in Psalm 103. That, that's important because in, in many psalms what you'll see as you're reading, there are little clues or there are little indicators that, um, that this was written during a certain time period. Okay, that this was written after a certain event. This was written after a certain uh, circumstance. And, and so this psalm kind of was birthed out of that. That is, not, uh, that is not here in Psalm 103. That's why many scholars believe this was towards the latter half of David's life when he, when he kind of uh, wrote this or, or, or spoke this. And, and, and it's also interesting that in Psalm 103, David does not make a single request to God. He doesn't ask God for anything doesn't bring a prayer request to God, doesn't whine about anything, doesn't complain about the state of things around him. There is not a single request, a single complaint, a single prayer in this entire psalm. The entire Psalm 103 is simply David blessing the Lord for all of his benefits and all of the ways that God has shown up and for his character. Now, now that's, a, that's a fantastic, that's probably a great way that we ought to try to strive to live our life, right? That, that yes, we have requests. Yes, we have some things that we are not happy about in life. 
oh, but I'll get to those after I'm done with all of the benefits and the blessings and the ways that God has shown up, only to realize I'll be here forever. Right, but David, David says that I will forget not all of his benefits. Okay, now it's important to understand that David didn't say, I will remember. Now, this is important to me. This may not, be, this may not stand out as much to you, but this stood out to me. This shocked me. That, that, that David, why didn't you say, I will remember? In fact, I will remember is, is in your Bible over 150 times. In some translations, they'll also translate, do not forget, to I will remember also, and then it could exceed 250, close to 300 times. In your Bible, it says, I will remember. It's, it's actually very, very important to our life. But David does not say, I will remember. David actually emphatically, specifically, and directly says, I will forget not all of his benefits. There is a sense of almost rebelliousness in that, that says, I understand that part of my human condition is to forget some stuff. Am I right? That part of our life, just as humans, rather as followers of Jesus, like we tend to forget some stuff. And David is keenly aware of that here in Psalm 103 to the point that he tells his innermost being, watch it, it says, Blessed Lord, O my soul, speaking to his innermost being, I will forget not all of his benefits. Saying there's going to be some things that I forget in this life. Like I'm probably going to forget my kids' names. I'll probably leave at least one of them at a restaurant at one point. I will probably forget my cell phone or my license on a plane somewhere at some point. However, there are some things that I will make sure I never forget, and his benefits are them. In fact, he goes on to list many of those benefits here in Psalm 103. And of course, we're not going to get to all of them, but we're going to do our best to hit a handful of them. But I wonder, how good are you at remembering? Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, you don't have to say this. You don't have to out yourself here today. Okay, but just think about it and spouse, make sure they're telling the truth. But how good are you at remembering? Do you forget some stuff? I, I definitely forget some stuff. And, and to be honest, uh, forgetting or remembering is kind of a competition in our house. I don't know if this is the same for you. Uh, but we went on a trip to Disneyland a couple weeks ago. And uh, my wife is the kind of person who will pack two weeks in advance for said trip. Uh, she'll wear three outfits and wash them four different times during those two weeks to make sure that she doesn't have to dip into the outfits that she wants to take to Disneyland, okay? She'll pack for everybody in our house but me. Now, that's, a, that's something that we've worked out, okay? I don't like her packing for me. Um, I, I, I want to do it myself. Uh, but I drive her crazy because I don't pack until like hours before we go, okay? Like the night before, kid you not, we left after church a couple weeks ago to go to Disneyland. I didn't start packing till after church that same day, okay? Drove her absolutely crazy to the point that she goes, Isaac, I cannot wait for us to get there and see what you forgot. <laughs> to which I responded, I can't wait to get there and see what you forgot, right? Of course, I was wrong. Um, I tend to forget some stuff, okay? Um, and now it's not really fair, okay, because this time we had two girls, we, we have two girls now, and, and so we decided, you know what, let's just drive, it'll be easier, let's just drive, um, and so I, to be honest, I kind of am protesting this situation, just because uh, she brought everything we own, okay, so she'll just load up, like we have more suitcases, and we didn't even touch two of the suitcases, right, like they're just there just in case, you know, but you ever notice that you forget some stuff, in fact, often we remember what we ought to forget, yet we forget what we should be remembering. We tend to remember the most ridiculous stuff. 
or we remember the parts of the story that really God doesn't even necessarily remember anymore. He says he, he chooses to forget. He separates you as far, your, your sins as far as the east is from the west, that actually he's moved on. He's, for, he's forgiven you, and, and yet we remember certain things that we ought to be forgetting, and then we tend to, we tend to forget some stuff that we really should be remembering, like, like the hand of God in our life, like the way that he saved our child, like the way that he provided in that season, like the way that he spoke to us in the middle of the night that night when we needed encouragement, right? Like we tend to forget what we ought to be remembering and remember what we forget. I could tell you exactly where I was, uh, what I was eating, what I was wearing, how long I cried for when Derek Jeter made his last hit and rode off into the sunset that is baseball history. But yet, my second daughter has already has only been in the world for six months and I'm already forgetting their names and calling them each other's names. Okay, you've probably forgotten one of your kids at some place only to get home and realize, oh, we had four, didn't we? Where's the, I know for my family, we forgot each other many, many a times, but we tend to, we tend to forget some stuff. And David here in Psalm 103 is, make, is making an emphatic statement to say, I will not forget these things. Soul, you cannot allow me to forget these things. And the reality is we learn from David's life that if you're not working to remember, you are bound to forget. If you and I are not making an intentional effort to remember the things in our life that God desires we remember, we are bound to forget. Now, this is some of the circumstances that he's brought us through. This is some of the ways he's provided for our life. This is some of the ways that he's spoken to you when you needed encouragement, the promises he's declared over your family and your kids. But this is also just the very fact that he speaks. This is also just the very fact that he's gracious enough to bless us with his presence every single day. This isn't just what he's done. This is who he is. And these are things that David says, I will forget not his many benefits. I wonder if you're like me, do you forget sometimes? Do you have a tendency to forget how you got to where you were? How you have the things that you have? How your kids turned out so great? I think we all have a tendency to forget sometimes exactly how much God has done. And what's interesting is that in scripture, the Bible only tells us that there is one place that we ought not live that there is one place that we shouldn't concern ourselves with, that there is one place that we should never, ever worry about, and that is the future. That you and I are to be aware of yesterday, present in today, trusting him for tomorrow. Oh, but yesterday we ought to be aware of. Ye yesterday, we need to know what God did. We need to remind our soul. David is saying, I need to remember what God did yesterday. I need to remember who he was in my life yesterday. I need to remember what he has brought me through and the ways that he has saved me and redeemed me and forgiven me. Oh, but tomorrow will take care of itself. I I I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be focused on here, but, but actually the only thing I'm not to worry myself or concern myself with is is the future. And I want a couple of reasons why I think we forget sometimes, okay? Uh, because this is all of us, okay? So we don't even feel any condemnation. We all need to, this is like a support group this morning, okay? Uh, we, we all forget. One, I think, I think one of the reasons that we forget is because, is because we're blinded by here. Now, we're called to be present here in the moment in today, but so many of us oftentimes find ourselves blinded by here, don't we? What does that look like? That looks like fear. It looks like the complete immobility that 
that I have because of the fear that is currently in my life because of the situation I'm facing. That, that looks like, lost my job, I have no idea what we're going to do. What, what, could, what could possibly come now? I wasn't expecting that. It came out of nowhere. Now what, God? That's blinded by my present circumstance. That it could also look like pride, couldn't it? That man, because that number in the bank account, I'm feeling good right now. Like I am feeling fantastic. Nothing could already forgotten where I began. Already, uh, already missing, already having a hard time seeing where God has brought me. Oftentimes we forget because we're blinded by here. The second thing I think we forget is because we're more focused on there. Oh, set your goals. Absolutely. Just know that again, like goals and, and like following Jesus, generally this don't always like line up correctly. You know, when he says like, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. Like a man directs his, uh, a man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. That means that like, go ahead and plan your ways. But like, it's most likely, like when God says like, I will do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask, think, or imagine. That's not like he's going to take your dream and like, just like 10X it. That means like, actually mine's better than yours. So we're just going to go over here instead. Right? Like that's not like, I'm going to just, in, oh, you, wow, you did good at dreaming. I'm going to enhance that, you know, like, oh, I'm going to just, yeah, you did most of the work. I'm going to just like cherry. No, 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 that's, that's, I've got, I've got better for you. That's, not, that's, hey, that's cute, but like follow me and like, it'll be even better, right? But we get so focused on there that I think we miss and we forget to remember how God has gotten us here, especially because there is desperately going to require that I remember what he did back there if I'm going to keep pressing on and keep going, keep going through. David did not forget what God had done. Because David, again, David had a history with God. Many of you know the story. If you don't, doesn't matter. I'm going to paraphrase it. But David, David had some mistakes. David made some messes. Um, um, David was called at a young age. David was anointed at a young age. David spent many years after that not actually walking in what the Lord kind of promised him. He was still growing, still maturing. They became king, made mistakes, made mistakes, slept with another woman, got her pregnant, had her husband killed. Like that's, and David towards the end of his life is looking back saying, whew, I will forget not all of the Lord's benefit. David had a history with God. And, and I'd just like to submit to you today, like you have a history with God too. You've actually got a history with God that goes farther than you can even imagine. Some of you are here today and you say, I don't even believe in this thing, to which I would still respond. You've got a history with God longer than you could even imagine. Because my Bible and your Bible says that before God even formed you, he knew you. Before you were even in your mother's womb, like he knew you, he had plans for your life, he had a destiny on your, on your life. Oh, you've got a history with God. You've got a history, whether you know it or not, of the ways that God has been present in your life up until this moment. You've got a history with God because you woke up this morning. We have a history with God, and David was aware of that. In fact, Romans 1 says this, that all of creation is being made continually more aware of God's invisible qualities and his attributes to the point where they would have no excuse. Some of you are here today in this room because in the last couple weeks, you've been made more aware of something in your searching. Some of you are in this room today right now because you're being made more and more aware by the presence of the Holy Spirit 
that God loves you, that God cares for you. And you're here today because he wanted you here. You, oh, you've got a history with God. I want to give you three things, though, three things from, uh, from Psalm 103 that David makes a point to identify that we should never forget. Three things. Again, we're not going to be able to hit everything, but we're going to hit three of them. And the first one is this. Psalm 103, beginning in verse 2, David says, forget not all of the Lord's benefits. The first one is that he forgives. That he forgives. Now again, we can't go through all of the many benefits of God, but I, I would encourage you that as you go home today, as you fall asleep tonight, as you go through this week, a great practice for you to add to your quiet time with the Lord is going to be just sit down and try to write out as many benefits as you can. Just begin to look at your life, look at your family, look at where God has brought you and just begin to identify them. Write them down, be specific. The reality is you'll never finish, ever. You will never, ever finish. Oh, but what does it tell the Lord as we go back and allow him to take us down memory lane to see all of the ways that he showed up, all of the ways that he's been present in my life? But David says the first and foremost, where everything begins for me as it relates to remembering the Lord and his benefits is his forgiveness, that he forgives, that he is a forgiver. Look at what Psalm 103 verse 3 says, he who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases. Many scholars believe that even in both of those verses, obviously, yes, like the, the, the Lord can heal, the Lord does heal, God does heal us. But there is a not yet already nature to even those verses themselves. That, that there is time when God does heal, God, God does heal, God can heal, but yet ultimately our true healing is spiritual and all of our physical healing is and will take place in eternity. That healing is coming, that he does heal all of those things. But David says the thing where it begins for me is he forgives. I wonder for you and me today how, how often we have allowed ourselves to dwell on the fact that he's forgiven us. I wonder how many of us in here today continually come back here every single week because we need something. We're hoping to feel better because we haven't quite grasped the fact that we're forgiven. We have not quite grasped the fact that he forgives yesterday, today, and my future sins. That his forgiveness is available for you and me every single day. That without it, I am nothing. Without it, my life is on me. Without his supernatural forgiveness in my life, all of this is up to me. Eternity is up to me. But the Bible says that, that God sent his one and only son so that you and I might have life and life more abundantly, those who confess him. They did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him, you and I might be saved. But has that become too elementary for us? I, just for me, I, I'll be honest, like there, there are times when like, I'm like, God, thank you for showing up. Thank you for providing. Thank you for doing that. Man, thank you for, for, for blessing us in that way. Only David says, hey, where it needs to begin is forgiveness. I didn't earn this. I don't deserve it. Man, my history speaks to the fact that I do not deserve that which I have received from God. But man, he has forgiven me. I wonder, does it, does it begin there with us? Is that where our worship begins? Is that where our day begins? We wake up and say, God, thank you again for another day of your forgiveness. God, I need you. God, I need it. I was, telling, I was telling Thursday night, I was telling Thursday night that I was walking into Starbucks. 
and I was walking into Starbucks and, and, and person just comes right in and I'm like standing in the line, you know, but like they're not ready for me. So I'm like standing here. Dude just walks up. Yeah, I'm going to have, and I was like, Lord, forgive me. I did not have great thoughts about him in that moment right there, you know. And like I was supposed to preach tonight and like that was not good. But thank you for reminding me. You know, like we need it every single day. There, there's not a day that goes by. Some of you need to draw some encouragement from the fact that there's not a day that goes by that you don't need the Lord's forgiveness. Like some of you have been beating yourselves up for so long, you haven't even forgiven yourself. And yet God's like, hey, get with the program here, dude. Like we're, I'm already there. Like my forgiveness is for you. Like, let's go. There's stuff to do. We, let, let's move. David says, it all begins for me with he forgives. That's where my worship begins. Look at, look at 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Be encouraged today. He forgives. He forgives. His forgiveness is available. His forgiveness is free. His forgiveness is here. His forgiveness is in the person of Jesus. And it's available for you and I every single day. The second thing that David draws attention to, that we must not forget, is that he redeems. He redeems. Psalm 103 and verse 4 says this, who redeems your life from destruction. Anybody, anybody your life before Jesus was headed towards destruction? Like, 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 you're, like you, were, you were doing really good at heading that direction. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you, were, you didn't need any directions. You didn't need any help. You didn't need any push. Like if, no, if God didn't intervene, like you were, you were going to get there, you know. But David says, he who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you, goes a step further to crown you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Again, I just wonder like, has this become too elementary for us? Because this is where it all begins. How often do we forget? Like we, we remember, again, we remember what God did. We remember the way he provided. We remember the bonus. We remember the healing. But do we remember the fact that he redeems us? The fact that he takes what was and turns it into something beautiful. Your Bible and mine says that what the enemy meant for evil, God takes and turns for good. That he works out all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. In fact, have you, have you heard the statement, like, it is what it is? You heard that? Like, that, that's only true apart from a relationship with Jesus. Because with Jesus, it isn't what it is. With Jesus, like, I'm still messed up. Like, I, I still make mistakes. I still get myself into trouble. I still have to watch my tongue at Starbucks, you know, at sometimes. And the drive-thru and mainly driving, period. <laughs> but yet God takes me and the Bible says that therefore now is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that, that actually I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of his sacrifice and, 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 and his salvation and the forgiveness and the redemption that I received through, through him, it isn't what it is. In fact, when, 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 I'm, when I'm walking and talking, I can rest assured that I am, I am secure in Christ Jesus. And so, yes, though I am sometimes a bit of a mess, I have him. 
and therefore he takes what the enemy meant for evil and turns in to good. He redeems. Look at what the Bible says, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. In him we have redemption. Through what? Through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of whose grace? His 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become, look at this, become the righteousness of God in him. That's good news. That's something that we ought to continually recite and catalog in our mind. The fact that I, I've been redeemed, that my story has been redeemed. Some of you need to know today that your story can be redeemed. That God can take what your story has said about you and he can take that same story and make it tell a whole different story to the world. That he can actually take what was and use it for good. The third thing that David makes clear that we must always remember that he is making an intentional effort to not forget is that he satisfies he satisfies. Psalm 103 in verse 5 says, Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Philippians 4 chapter, or Philippians verse, uh, chapter 4 verse 19 says this, And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. John 6 verse 35 goes further to say, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. What, what you're searching for, what you think sustains, what you think figures it out, that bank account that you think is going to get you there, that, that success in your family that you think is going to, that, that job title that you're searching for, it's awesome, all of that is awesome, but that you think is going to, let, let me be clear, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me would never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Let's not get it mixed up. David is making a point to say, I will not get it mixed up. Yes, the, yes, God does amazing things. Yes, he has blessed me in many ways. Yes, he has showed up in so many different ways. But let me be clear, none of those things can satisfy the inmost being of my soul. None of those things will actually provide my soul what I desperately need. That's indicative to this. All of Psalm 103, David is willing his soul. Hear me, he's not standing there with arms raised being like, oh, God bless you. This is not a like singing, although again, hands raised, singing, awesome. I don't even think David's kneeling down. I, I would suggest to you, David, David might be doing this, like looking right at his, willing his inmost being to bless the Lord because he ultimately is the satisfier of our soul. But David got there because again, he had a history with God. He had, a, he had a history that, that God showed up. He had a history that, that didn't necessarily speak to all of these things. And then God showed up and, and did some amazing things in his, his life. Like he, he, had a, he had a history with God. So he knew, I, 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 can't, I can't forget. I cannot forget these things. I'm going to forget a lot of things in my life. But make no mistake about it, his forgiveness, his redemption, his satisfaction will be things that I never, ever allow my soul to forget. Friends, can I, can I ask you, like, like, how much better would your life and my life be? How much better would our relationships be if this is the way we talked? 
how, how much better would your marriage be if you remembered everything he's brought you through rather than the thing that made you angry a week ago? How much better would your relationship with your children be if you remembered the very blessing that they are, not just the fact that they frustrated you to high heavens yesterday? Like, how much better would our interactions with each other be if we got together and rather than complaining in our opinions and we spent time actually in the same way that my wife and I, we compete about like, like I'm gonna, can't wait to see what you forget. If we actually got in relationship and went to coffee with one another and we began competing to see who could remember the most benefits of a relationship with Jesus. Like how, how much better would that be? Think about it. Think about all of the nonsense conversations we would get out of if we just spent every minute that we possibly could remembering the blessings and the benefits of God. Think of the nonsense opinions and conversations that we wouldn't have to be a part of. You know what someone would be like, oh, did you see? And you're like, actually, no. Like, but did you hear, did I tell you? Like, did, did I tell you what God did in my life a week ago? Did, did I tell you what he told me on Monday? Oh, no, 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 this, this is the best. Listen to this. Like you get out of that, that, there you go. That's for some of you, that's just enough that you came today. Like take that to your lunch today when, when like in-laws or whoever, and they're like talking about whatever's going on. You're like, oh man, yeah. Hey, but did I tell you about, c consider all of the things that you won't have to dialogue with. You won't have to be involved in. You don't have to go down the road in because you're so focused on what God has done and who he's been in your life. Be amazing. It, 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 would, it would massively benefit and uplift your life. I, I could guarantee it. Because even in just in the last week, two weeks that I've been working through, like it, it's done it for me. I, I, wanna, I wanna tell you a couple things really fast about why you should remember. Final things and then we're gonna be done. Two reasons why you ought to remember at all times. David makes a point to say, I will not forget. Now I wanna give you two reasons why you ought to remember. And the first one is this. So that you may have hope. You need to remember that he forgives, that he redeems, that he satisfies, that he speaks, that he's with you so that you can have hope. Look at, look at what Jeremiah says in Lamentations 3. The Bible's talking about a chapter, verse called uh, Jeremiah's hope, and it's going through these things. And, and the memory's a tricky thing, right? I think we've kind of identified that. The memory's a tricky thing, right? Like what, what we're talking about today, like it could go as far as to say like, oh yeah, I remember how much of a mess I was, right? Like, or it could be like, I remember like what God did. You know what I mean? Like it could go both ways. And, and we kind of see that in Lamentations 3. We see the, the, the beauty and the complexity of our memory and the ways that it can get us into trouble and the ways that it could take us deeper and deeper into distress and chaos. And we also see the fact that it can lead to hope. Look at Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21. This I recall to my mind, therefore, I may have hope. I want to submit to you today that remembrance actually is a prescription for your worry. That remembrance is a prescription for the sickness that all of us have called worry. That the more you remember, again, tomorrow, none of your concern. Today, aware of yesterday is how I ought to live my life. Here today, aware of yesterday ought to be how I live my life. And the more that I do that, you know what I won't be focused on? Tomorrow. How things are gonna work out tomorrow. How, how, how God's gonna provide tomorrow. Why? Because I'm actually cataloging and reciting how God provided yesterday. I'm actually cataloging and reciting how God healed yesterday. 
I'm actually cataloging and reciting how God brought us through a year ago, two years ago, how God even moved us to Arizona, how God took care of us in our time of need. Second thing, why you ought to remember is that so they will know, so that they will know. There's a beautiful story in, uh, in Joshua chapter four. And Bible, Bible's talking about um, Joshua's leading, leading God's people through and, and it's during a flood season and come to the Jordan River and they're gonna cross. And, and the, Bible, the Bible illustrates just an amazing uh, work of God where God dried up the river so that they could walk across on dry land. And, and there's, this, there, there's this moment where they begin, Joshua begins to gather stones. Now, the interesting thing is these aren't like little stones, right? Like many people believe that these are like mass, these are like boulders, right? So like they get a bunch of different people and they gather these stones. And it is that, it, it's important that you understand like these aren't like, okay, I'm gonna pick up a couple rocks, right? Because picking up a couple rocks doesn't necessarily signify like the importance of this moment, right? These are like boulders. These are like, I need to put some energy, some effort, Right, I, I got. I got to use some of my strength. I got to use some some teamwork here to gather these stones. And and, and the Lord tells Joshua to gather these stones, and they get some get some representatives, and they gather these stones, and they bring them, and they set up this they set up this monument to remember what God did, to remember God's provision, to remember how God allowed them to cross on dry land. And it's interesting in Joshua chapter four. I would encourage you to go and read it later this week. Uh, later this week. Joshua goes and after they cross the river, the river like comes back and, and they take these stones. And it's interesting what, what, God, tells, what God tells Joshua. He, uh, he, asks, he tells him to go set these stones up and these stones will be something that generations after will ask them about. They were, th these stones were almost a requirement on them to never ever forget what God did to the point that generations will come after and say, hey, what's the deal with these stones? Why, why are these stones this way? Like, why is it set up this way? And it's a moment where everybody will gather around and say, hey, let, let me tell you about what God did. Let me tell you about the way that God did, uh, by the way that God led us across. Let, let me tell you about how God did this. But it goes further to say that it's not just to remember how God did it, but it's also to remember, uh, it's also to remember his majesty and his greatness. Okay, because it's not just good enough to remember what God did. It's important that we remember how and who did it. Not just, oh man, like, and la last month was a great month. Th man, God did this at this point. God, God brought us through this. No, like, but like, who did it? Not, not you. It wasn't you. Like, you're awesome, but not that awesome, right? Like, you're awesome, but like, God did it. Like God showed up. And these stones were to be a testament for generations to come. What God did, how he cared for them, how he provided for them. And here's just what I want to tell you. Parents, like your kids need to know what you've been through. Because your and my faith ought to be transferable. It ought to be able to be passed down. We do not live in a world any longer where we can get away with a handful of stories every once in a while from random. Like they need to know and hear. Like, and, and I know, like, I, I talk with my parents and I call them even just the past couple weeks and, and just talking about, like, it, it's been great as I've gotten older, some of the things that my parents have let me in on of, like, what, like, conditions of our life at certain times and the way that God's provided. And I'm just telling you, like, your kids need to know as soon as possible. Now, now, you can determine with the Lord, like, what they need to know, but I'll just tell you, like, they need to know what God's brought you through. They need to know where you've been. They need to know 
how God has protected and benefited your life up until this point. We live in a world where if we don't tell them, the world will tell them something else. And they need to know, not just them, but your soul needs to remember. One of the reasons why we need to remember is because they need to know. When we remember him constantly, it's easier to represent him consistently. Many of you, many of you know, and we're closing, and many of you know that uh, a couple years ago, Audie got, my wife got really sick. Um, she got really sick right before all this happened with COVID. And, and it, was a, it was a crazy, uh, scary, uh, stressful time for our family. Uh, didn't know what was going on, didn't know how to react. We ended up spending 11 days in a hospital, and, and it, it was a lot. And, and I'm so thankful for the family that we have here and so many of you that, that, that cared for us and that were present there at that time. But it was a very difficult time for our family. Um, I, I say that because a couple weeks ago, um, two weeks ago actually, <clears throat> day after Father's Day, I'm at work. And uh, I get a call from Audie, from my wife, and it's a little over two years ago that that happened, and, and I get a call, and she says, you need to get home right now. Camila is seizing, and it's my six-month-old. And I get a call from her, and I, of course, I sprint out of the office, and, and so graciously, so many from the office texted, and and it wasn't, some of the people in the office didn't even know. I uh, didn't even know until Thursday when I told the story just because it was just like, it's been a whirlwind the last couple weeks. And she said, you need to get home. Camila is seizing. And so I rush home and get her. We throw everybody in the car and she ends up having a second seizure uh, before we even get to the hospital. And, and mind you, like the police officer, like nobody wore any seatbelts. Like we, we just got in the car, but it's holding on to each other. We just like, get as quickly to the hospital as we could possibly get. And we get there and, and they can't necessarily care for everything there uh, at the hospital that we went to, the closest one that we found. And, and so we ended up having to be transported down to Phoenix Children's. And it was a very scary time for our family, very scary time uh, for, for Audie, very scary time for myself. And, and it was so beautiful when it, when it happened. Soraya could tell, four-year-old could tell that something was wrong. And Audie, Audie lays Camila on the table to, to just like, let her see and kind of just care for her. And, and Soraya comes up and you could tell there's like a look of concern on her face. And she goes like, mommy, should we pray for her? Like, it was so sweet. And we get to the hospital and we get to, uh, we get to Phoenix Children's and, and I'm driving home. And, and I just wanted to let you know, my wife is okay from two years ago. Like Camila is doing great. She's okay. Uh, she's, she's healthy and well. We had a checkup this past week and she's okay. I want to make that clear. But we get to the hospital and, and I got to go home. I got to go pick up uh, Soraya from Brad and Noel's house. They came and got her and, and I go pick up uh, Soraya and I go home and we're in bed, of course, like she sleeps with me that night um, and, and we're just talking and, and, and we're just praying. We're just, hey, we're gonna pray for Sissy. We're gonna pray for mommy. And I'm telling her that like, Sissy not coming home tonight. Like, I, I don't know, like she's gonna be okay. Like God's gonna heal her. And, and, and we're just, we're crying and we're praying together and she's crying because I'm crying and I don't know like what's going on. And like, we're trying to talk and mama's not coming home yet tonight, but hopefully tomorrow. And, and I, I kid you not, with a praying in my bed with a four-year-old, felt the Lord say, Isaac, don't make this bigger than me. Remember? We've been through this before. I got it. It's gonna be okay. 
So then I just start talking to Soraya and we just start going down and, and I just felt like, again, I didn't even determine where I was gonna go with my message until this happened. And the Lord made it so abundantly clear. He said, Isaac, do you remember? So I just began to tell the story about when we were in the hospital with mom and what God did and how God healed her and how we got home. Next day, we see, the, we see whoever we were supposed to see. I don't even remember the specialist we were supposed to see, but we see them and they say, yeah, here's what we think it is. Like, actually, she's gonna be fine. Like, we don't anticipate her having more of these in the future. Like, it just kind of was how her body reacted to the sickness. Here she is, it got her fluids, everything. She came home in two days and it was an amazing, just like blessing that we celebrated. And, but God used a four-year-old to remind me of what I ought to be reminding myself every single day. That God is here. God is present. God is good. He was with us. He's going to care for us. It's all going to be okay. I don't know how it's going to happen, but God did it before and he can do it. Again, I wonder, have you and I forgotten about who God is and what he has done in our life? Have we forgotten that I once was lost, but now I'm found? That I once was sick, but now I am healed? That I once was poor in spirit, but now I am rich in spirit and secure in Christ Jesus because of what he has done? I once was dead, but now I am alive because of him. Have we forgotten do we remind ourselves every single day because we need it. Your soul needs it. The people around you need it. Don't forget to remember. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.